This episode is powered by ActNow Education. Go to www.actnoweducation.com for free comprehensive educational resources and opportunities for active duty, veterans, military spouses, and children. So, like, continuous transition, when I look at where I'm at, I'm in a PhD program, and I'm about to, like, kind of get that stress about what I'm going to do next. And the first time I had that feeling, I was in college, and I ended up joining the Coast Guard. And then the next time I had that feeling, and I was like, what am I going to do next? Then I, you know, got into government work. So there's just this series of, you know, every time you do it, you get a little bit more confident. But seeing that, like, that first step isn't always the permanent one and, and seeing it as a can you're gonna just learn more about yourself warriors fall in it's time for formation today we're joined with a professional author who joined the coast guard during the recession and sought to become an intel analyst over time our guest carolyn walsh gained skills in critical thinking teamwork strategy development leadership and project management but along the way, she had to overcome malicious obstacles to reach her goals. She's currently studying to obtain her PhD in leadership and is also and has also managed to author a book called Fairly Smooth Operator, My Life at the Tip of the Spear. It's, it's actually a memoir about her journey, which includes becoming a CIA analyst, which we'll talk about more in this episode. Caroline, I want to thank you for joining us today on The Morning Formation. Thanks for having me. The honor is all ours. And here on the podcast, you know, we like to focus on career transitional aspects for our community. Based off your very, uh, very, I guess, checkered and vast experiences that you've had, uh, which is quite a bit because it, it led you to actually writing a book about it. Would you mind talking to us about the importance of getting your foot in the door and networking or your next career move? Sure. So there are all kinds of philosophies about like what to do and how to get a job and how to find the right fit. And I am really strongly in belief of just getting your foot in the door and getting started. Of course, you want to do like some of the work ahead of time and figure out like what might be a good spot for you. Um, But to get that next step, sometimes you just need to get in it. Um, and these days, many people, you know, you change jobs every year or two while you're getting started, you're building your portfolio. So just getting in there and giving yourself time and seeing what you think of this job. And like, maybe it's a better fit than you thought, or maybe it's really not what you want to do. But either way, like, you can keep searching while you get your foot in the door. And especially coming out of the military, getting that first job can just give you confidence, just getting that nine to five having that place to go to having people around you, like sometimes it's just important to get started with that rather than try to find that perfect position right away. Yeah. And I like to ask folks like you questions like that right off the bat, because I think that overall sharing your experiences with other people out there for one, if they've already been through it, they'll be able to resonate with what you're saying. If they haven't been through it, then you'll be providing a little bit of uh, advice on what to expect and and what and how you should pivot and how you should do things. So, uh, you know, I just wanted to hit that right off the bat, basically, and provide that value up front. Um, but now I want to pivot to talking about the importance of maintaining 
continuous transition, which is something that we spoke about. Um, would you mind sharing your knowledge and experiences on what that actually means? Yes. So like continuous transition, when I look at where I'm at, I'm in a PhD program and I'm about to like kind of get that stress about what I'm going to do next. And the first time I had that feeling, I was in college and I ended up joining the Coast Guard. And then the next time I had that feeling and I was like, what am I going to do next? Then I, you know, got into government work. So there's just this series of, you know, every time you do it, you get a little bit more confident, but seeing that um, like that first step isn't always the permanent one. Um, and, and seeing it as a, can, you're going to just learn more about yourself, every, every job you have, every place you're in, whether, you know, after you get out of the military, you go to school or you go to a position, you're going to start to learn like cultural preferences. Like what kind of people do you like working with? You're going to start to learn about yourself. What, what do I want my day to look like? You know, I've been forced to get up and be ready at 7 a.m. every day in the military, but maybe I want something where I can come in at 10. Maybe I want something where, you know, I have a little more freedom in my day. Maybe you do like getting up at 7. So I think just giving yourself time to experiment and, you know, if the first one isn't a good fit, like you're 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 learning about yourself and you're learning. You've been in this really rigid environment for so long. So like giving yourself grace and like seeing it as like a development rather than like, oh, I chose the wrong job. I think that's great advice. You got to kind of champion yourself to not just do your job and get up in the morning. And, and for example, if you're in the Coast Guard, you get up in the morning, you go to physical fitness training, ask yourself, like, is this what I want to do for the rest of my life? Uh, as you go about your day, ask yourself when you're dealing with different personalities, different cultures, different styles of leadership, you know, where do I see myself from here now? I think many times, especially when we're in the military, we're just living by the day and we're not really putting in deep thought about, is this something that I would want to experience or be a part of when I make my transition out of the military? Because everyone does at some point, you can't stay in there your whole life. Um, so I think that's some absolutely great advice. It's something that I wish I had done myself when I was in the military because I hate getting up in the morning. Uh, I call this show the Morning Formation Podcast, not because I'm a morning person, but, and you could probably attest to what I'm about to say, but some of the most crappiest times, um, some of the most uh, trying times that we've had together as a, a military unit were probably some of the most cohesive times that I've ever experienced before. And the morning formation for me when I was in the Army was a time that I, as a leader, was able to get accountability. I was able to stand in front of a formation. It sucked getting up that early. It sucked doing physical fitness training in that early in the morning while everyone else is still asleep. But when I look back at it, that was probably the most cohesive time that I had with the soldiers. And so, um, you know, it's uh, something that I really wish I would have thought more about and asked myself, is this something that I want to do for the rest of my life? Because I struggle even today you know, getting up in the morning and dealing with certain certain leadership styles that I've experienced over the years. I've just kind of put up with it. And um, it sounds very simple, but at the same time, I think it's really important for folks out there to really think about it as they're going about their careers, whether they're in the military or they're currently in a different uh, civilian career. Is this something you want to do for the rest of your life? And to your point, I love what you say about, you know, the, the continuous portion of everything. Um, I think in today's society, we need to be very dynamic when it comes to our overall skill sets. Uh, do you, are you familiar with the great 
the great resignation? Uh, not exactly, no. Yeah, so that's kind of one of those things where since the pandemic started, a lot of people have questioned their overall careers. And uh, many people are doing their job just sort of as a, a paycheck. And there's like this thing called the great resignation where people are considering or they are leaving their jobs to pursue their dreams to pursue some of the goals that they've been kind of putting off. And um, that kind of speaks to what you're talking about, because at the end of the day, I always tell people that, that the best place to be is in a place where you have lateral mobility. You know, you can quit your job and you can uh, go into education s- such as you have. What kind of inspired you to go back into college and get your PhD? Um, yeah, it was a, it was a long process. It's something I knew I wanted to do initially before I even joined the Coast Guard or got to the CIA or anything. And then I was actually on a deployment to Guantanamo Bay. And it, honestly, it was super boring. Like it, I was an officer, I worked admin, like there just wasn't that much to do. And so I just, to keep myself busy, I just started reading. I started looking at schools. I got like the GRE, the tests you have to take to get into PhD and grad level programs. I started studying for that. And I was like, wait a minute, like, this is what's calling me. This is like, I loved, you know, the job I was in, not the reserve duty that I was in, but, you know, I love my government job, but um, there's something else that I really wanted to do. And I think to your point, um, yeah, in the military, like you are in the suck so much and sometimes you get used to this suck and you're like, wait a minute. No, I have control over this now. So I think that's huge. Like the suck is a bonding thing, but you also like, you don't have to be in it. Like you can take control. You can take some risks. You can try different stuff out. Even at the CIA, like I didn't stay in the first position I got, I moved laterally and just found the culture in the office that I liked. Um, so yeah, for me, it was just, yeah, having that reserve duty and that time um, away, just stepping away and having to force myself to stay busy and find some sort of meaning. That's what got me to the PhD program. I think it's fascinating that you managed to follow follow your dreams and follow your goals because I know people who just stay with it and they collect the paycheck and they have a job and in the back of their mind, they always have that that ember burning saying, hey, what about this? And they never act on it. So, you know, my hat's off to you for actually pursuing your your overall goals. And we're talking about the suck portion here. I want to pivot uh, to your book because we've, we've had this issue over the years. You mentioned in your book about being part of a toxic leadership organization while being in the Coast Guard, which is something people can experience in both the military and civilian career world. Uh, now that you've been through dealing with some of this, looking back, is there anything that you would do differently or any advice that you would provide to someone who might be in a situation such as that? Absolutely. Uh, so I was at a small, isolated unit, and it had just years of a toxic culture that never went away because in the military, like, you know, someone would leave, but the people who were there still had two years left. So you never just got rid of that, like, leadership and just like that just you know kind of corruption almost um so ideally like yeah if I could go back to my young self and give her the exact you know right way to figure things out I would have you know recommended 
reaching out to that higher level command, like finding anybody, somebody I could trust and just opening a conversation with the people above that command, because there was nobody I could trust in the unit I was at. Um, So I think trying to get that connection. And for me, you know, there's a lot of sexual harassment. So for me, it would have been, okay, finding that female in a leadership position who might understand what's going on or might, you know, lend a bit more of an ear um, at that time than, than some of the other leaders. Um, So I think it would have, I mean, it would have been a lot of work. It would have been really bold for somebody as an E3 to reach out to, you know, some officers at a sector and, you know, basically like blow the whistle on something that was happening. Um, And I I did not do that as a 23 year old. I didn't even know how to do that, but that is, you know, being bold and, you know, getting in contact with higher ups is kind of the the way that I could have made a difference there. It's, it's kind of fascinating. It's kind of fascinating to me that when I read the summary of your book and was speaking to you offline about the book itself, that I can relate to what you're talking about because my first my my first leadership position as an officer was in Iraq and I literally took over a position from somebody else so there was no like team building and garrison leading into combat none of that it was like drop you in here and here you are here's your platoon figure it out being in your current leadership studies what could be done in your opinion and from your studies what can be done to make changes to a toxic leadership environment to make things better? Yeah. So I actually just finished a paper this last semester on, yeah, how the Coast Guard might have, or might continue to be able to, you know, change their environment when it comes to sexual harassment and assault. And there's multiple frames you can look at these problems with. So you can look at any problem through these multiple frames. So For example, um, the military loves the structural frame. The structural frame is you change things by making new policy. You change things by making consequences. So that's how you, that's the structural frame is like, okay, if I want to change, I'm going to make a policy that's going to say sexual harassment is not acceptable. And this will happen if, you know, you're, you're guilty of doing it. Um, So the military loves that, but there's these other frames that you also need to use. So you need to use like the human resource frame is more of like the person to person frame. So yes, you have training and, you know, awareness about like sexual assault and harassment and how to, you know, go about reporting it. But where are the conversations that discuss who what the base level understanding of the issue? Like instead of just feeding people training, where are like discussions and groups and like, how are you really starting to weed out what the problem is and let people who don't know about it, like a lot of men don't know about the issues women are having. So like, how do you bring awareness? There's also like the political frame where it's, you're looking at, you know, if, if somebody's at a command and there's all these issues, but they're still getting promoted and they're still getting more responsibilities. Um, they're so, so they're getting more political power in this organization when what's under them is not good. Um, so looking at through that, how are you going to fix that? And then um, another frame then is like the symbolic frame. So that has to do probably in this issue with representation at the top. So um, 
you know, where are the women leaders at the top, for example, that's just a symbolic thing to have. Um, and you know, also like, what are the magazines going around the barracks? You know, are they, you know, like pornographic, are they inappropriate? Like just these like symbolic issues that allow the, the culture to just sit and morph into something like even worse. Yeah. I, yeah, it's, I, I thought it was very important for, especially myself as a leader to watch out for those sorts of things. I, I just want to know as, as far as your book, is there any other points that you would like to highlight? The book? Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of a book that goes back and forth between some really funny stories and some of the really tougher stuff. Um, and I think that's just symbolic of, you know, the military experience. Like we can be all like cracking jokes and everything. And then, you know, the next thing, you know, like somebody you're close to commit suicide and now you're dealing with that stuff and you're trying to get through it. So, um, I think just, you know, if you end up reading the book and just seeing it as, you know, this whole experience and this up and down and these, there's a lot of emotions in there and I use humor and sometimes that covers it, but then you see the stories are like a humor can't really cover anything. So, um, yeah, I think just kind of, you know, checking in on what you're relating to and, you know, where your, your emotions are falling as you read it is, I think is interesting. Yeah. You can certainly tell by the title itself that it has some humor involved in there as well. And just really quickly, I want to touch on this. I understand that you also worked a little bit in comedy. Would you mind talking a little bit about that? Sure. So one of my, I call it like a holding environment, just a place where you can explore. So um, I took a comedy class from the Armed Service Arts Partnership. And so it's a six week course. It was like one Saturday every week. And I just got to kind of bring up some dark stuff and play around with it. And um, it's a lot of, it's actually, it helped me a lot. I was working at the CIA at the time and it's so good with your analytic writing because comedy is really brief. You want to get to the point, get to the punchline. That's exactly what we do in, you know, Intel analysis. Um, And then it also was great for briefing because I got up on stage at the end of the class and there were just like 50 people in the crowd and I had to, you know, get my heart to stop pounding and like go through my comedy set. Um, So it was just a super awesome experience and a really cool organization. Yeah, no, I think it's absolutely fascinating. And you're such a dynamic person. I mean, Coast Guard to CIA analyst to comedian to PhD student. Have you ever thought about how, how simply dynamic you are? Like how many different, like how many different skill sets you cover just the things that you've done in your life? Um, it's like overwhelming because I have all, I'm so glad my book got out, but I have so many projects that like, I just have to figure out which gets cut. Um, so, um, yeah, I luckily actually have like an injury and that's kind of helping me like focus and like, you know, do one thing at a time, but yeah, it's great to be able to just tap into all this different stuff and, um, you don't have to be the best at anything and you can just enjoy you know, getting to know different parts of yourself. 
Just like many military folks that I know, it sounds like you have a very busy mind. And at the end of the day, you're very multitasked and you're all about accomplishing uh, multiple things at the same time. A lot of us military folks are that way, but we're very efficient and very effective. And I want to ask you, Caroline, what inspired you to put pen to paper and actually write the book? And what are several things that someone would gain after reading your book? Yeah, what inspired me to put pen to paper was just, I knew writing it was going to put me past a lot of this stuff. So like the literal and metaphorical like closing of the book, it's actually ironic that now I'm doing these talks and podcasts where I have to like reopen and talk about the book. Um, but just, you know, wanting to get my experience out and get it in another format besides in my head where it was just doing circles, like now it's like, it's concrete, it's formulated, I thought through it. And like, that's my story. Like, you know, if people start asking me a ton of questions now, I can be like, hey, like, I have this book, <laughs> like, it's a long story, maybe check it out. Um, and I think, yeah, what I've gotten uh, from some of the readers, whether they're military veteran, um, or not was just, yeah, connection just to the human experience and the ups and downs and the mistakes you make when you're young. I mean, I, I talk so much about mistakes and people who saved me. Um, I think that's a huge military lesson is one of the good things, like there's, there can be some toxicity, but the people who are looking out for you, for you are some of the best people you'll ever meet. And so I have some of those lessons in there too. Yeah, I think anyone out there, especially anyone out there that's been in the military, whether in the capacity of a military spouse or the actual service member, will certainly understand where you're coming from with that because mistakes is something that all of us have made. Every single one of us have made mistakes. And as a leader, there have been times that I had to learn this myself. And there's been times where I had to sit down with soldiers and tell them, like, look, this mistake that you made does not define who you are. All right. You can recover from this. You can make a better tomorrow and you can make a better future. Don't hang your head on this and think or hang your head on this and think that this is it. Because, uh, you know, as I tell people all the time, this too shall pass and, and, and you'll get through this. And sooner or later, this will be a lesson learned. And I've, I've made mistakes. I've made a lot of mistakes in, in, in my past, but I think the important thing is, is that we learn from those mistakes and, uh, I, I really believe that the combination of who you are, your character, your skills and everything, like I mentioned from Coast Guard to CIA analyst, to comedian, to PhD student. I mean, this book has got to be action packed with things that many people are going to be able to identify with. So it sounds absolutely fascinating. And uh, is it available right now on Amazon? It is. Yep. It's on Amazon um, and then also Barnes and Noble. Great. Yeah. Cause I'm definitely going to order this book. I, I, I have to dig into this and figure out, you know, Caroline Walsh and her overall experiences from everywhere that she's been. I, I want to learn more about that for anyone out there that's looking to connect with you. What social platforms are you on? And uh, do you have a website or would you like to put out uh, any type of contact out there? Sure. I'm probably most active on Instagram. So um, you can find me. It's Caroline Noel underscore art. So I don't know if you can put a link, um, but it's yeah. Caroline and then O N O E L L E is the Noel spelling and then underscore art. So I have my art and then I have, yeah, things about my book on there. 
Um, and then where else am I? I have a website. It's carolinenw.com. And that also, that has all my other links on there as well. So, um, yeah. And then the Armed Service Arts Partnership, it's free arts classes. They're now virtual. That's ASAP, ASAP.org, free for veterans and military spouses, family members, caretakers. They're online. They're in person. Really cool opportunity there. Yeah, I'll make sure I put all that in the show notes. So anyone out there that's listened to the Morning Formation podcast, uh, definitely I include all that information. Just scroll down to the bottom and you can find those links to add yourself to her Instagram uh, and uh, follow Caroline. So since you're a comedian, Caroline, can you tell me a joke? No, I'm just kidding. Oh my God. I, you know, how, <laughs> hey, how many times have people told you, like, put you on the spot, right? Like you've been at a party or something and people are like, well, Caroline, tell me a joke. And you're like, oh. I, no. I felt bad about that. There's a video of Kanye West doing that to Dave Chappelle, and Dave Chappelle gets really uncomfortable. So I'm like, okay, that's a normal response. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. It's uh, it's that's what I figure. You know, it's kind of a, a stereotype type thing where, oh, this is a comedian. Well, tell me a joke, comedian, and you're just kind of <laughs> like, uh, okay. Uh, no, Caroline, thank you so much for being part of the Morning Formation podcast. And just to summarize anything out, is there anything that you'd like for our audience to know, any advice or just any message out there for them? Yeah, I mean, I think if you're transitioning out of the military, just get connected. Connect with me on Instagram. I have so many random job things I can point out to you or put in your direction and people to connect you with. Why don't you just start reaching out to to other veterans you're, you're, if you're struggling, you're going to find something, someone's going to help you out. Yeah. You've got so many fascinating things. I mean, I, to cover, you know, Coast Guard, CIA analyst, PhD author, all these and comedian, all these different things would have taken us probably hours to do, but I wanted to put you out there and, uh, you know, as a resource for folks to contact, um, you know, cause folks like Caroline are actually really, really great to connect with because they, they're willing, they're able to provide the information or the advice for you. So certainly reach out to Caroline Walsh. Uh, I want to thank you for being on the Morning Formation podcast, Caroline. And uh, for the folks out there listening, there's three things I want you to do. Stay tuned, stay focused, and stay motivated. Warriors, fall out. You've been listening to the Morning Formation podcast. I hope you found today's materials helpful and of value to your current situation. You can connect with me on Instagram at the underscore morning underscore formation underscore podcast. Or you can connect with me via email at the formation podcaster at gmail.com. Also, I would like to thank my partners at Act Now Education for their support. Authenticity, community, and trusted is what you can expect from all members of the ActNow education team. You can link up with them today and learn about some new free educational resources on their Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, or at their website, actnoweducation.com. Whether today's show took you back to a nostalgic time or helped you think about tomorrow, thank you for tuning in, and I look forward to seeing you again. Stay safe and stay motivated. Warriors, fall out.